You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. And if you like what you hear, if it resonates with you, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review. This helps us get the message out to more and more women and help more and more moms. Thanks. In this episode of Motherhood Unstressed, I chat with friend and fellow mom Stephanie Zirkel. She describes the motivation behind her transition to veganism and how it has positively impacted her life and that of her daughters. Stephanie offers practical tips for making the change, and by sharing her story, allows us to see that adopting a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle while raising kids can be done, and it's a lot more affordable than you think. Well, hey, everybody. Um, I'm here today with a very special guest, Miss Stephanie Zirkel, and um, I wanted to bring her on the show because she offers such a unique perspective on, on motherhood, on on life, on, you know, physical fitness, but also primarily because she's into veganism. She's a vegan and she has a daughter and they both um, practice that lifestyle, that diet. Um, So I wanted to have her on the show to talk about, you know, what she does and, you know, tips and tricks that she can give us and, and just basically to show that it is accessible and that it is normal and it, and it can be completely achievable if you want to do that. You know, it's, you know, it's totally up to you if you're interested, but, you know, if you want to just learn more and, and learn about what it is and what it actually entails and what qualifies as vegan and what doesn't, you know, Stephanie's here to lead the way and to show us. So thank you so much for being here. And um, why don't you get started with telling us a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz. You know, of course, I want to um, let you know, I'm so grateful for um, being on your podcast. Obviously, I love everything that you do and and how you have a strong voice for women in general and mothers. So thank you. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, So, and also, um, so a little bit about myself. Um, As you said, I have a daughter. I'm a single mom. Um, She's just turned seven. We live here in Atlanta. Um, I grew up in a very, very small town in Northwest Pennsylvania. Uh, most of my family is still up there, but um, yeah, we've been here. I've lived here for about 12 years. I absolutely love Atlanta. I love the diversity of the culture, um, and really, um, I think just the experiences and the opportunities that come with living in a place like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a little about my background and, um, you know, obviously how we came to, um, come, how we even came across veganism and um, vegetarianism it totally you know, had no clue what that even meant it was actually pretty intimidated by the idea of a vegetarian considering I was somebody that didn't even really care for vegetables at all as an adult so wow um, you know, <laughs> yeah it was certainly you know laughable to think that I could ever indulge in a lifestyle that primarily was plant-based so um, you know, that alone, if that could give anybody some encouragement, it, 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 it's not all just eating, you know, raw vegetables. So, mm-hmm. um, but how we do it, you know, we, this journey started for us last year and, um, you know, it was something that I was not even really curious about. 
Um, but it, it was right around the time that the documentary, What the Hell, came out. Uh-huh. And, of course, there's so much controversy and so much buzz around it. And um, so it intrigued me, and I had heard about it. I didn't even really know everything that the documentary was going to cover. Um, but... You know, I heard lots of opinions floating around about it, of course. And to be honest, I, I, you know, 2017 for me was like a politically exhausting year. And I was thinking, how much more do I want to pain myself with getting into this this documentary that had talked about, you know, corrupt controversies under the government and, you know, about our health and safety. So I really had kind of considered not even entertaining myself with it. I was thinking like, you know, maybe ignorance is bliss at this point. Um, so I, I really, um, it, it wasn't until my friend and I were just talking about it at work and we're like, you know what, let's just do it. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really like the ignorance is bliss. It's actually kind of my least favorite little thing. So let me just, let me see what this is about. So you know, we watched it and, um, you know, as many other people did, and it was, it was really alarming. Um, and mm-hmm. it was really eye opening and I kind of took it for what it was. You know, I knew there was a lot of controversy around the validity of some of the facts and stuff that, um, had been mentioned on the documentary. But for me, I, I found myself more intrigued and moved by, um, the idea that, you know, I really didn't know a lot about um, what truly was healthy for me. And it kind of gave me that encouragement to, and, and gave me that curiosity to to really um, do some more additional research of my own and not, you know, the things that people were debating on the specific studies and comparing, you know, eating eggs to smoking cigarettes, you know, all of that was, of course, a huge shock factor. But... I, I didn't really find myself interested or really moved as much by that as, as it was, you know, the one thing I was going to take away from it that wasn't being debated was that having a plant-based diet was healthier for um, the planet, was healthier for our bodies, um, and of course, uh, the, the animal agriculture that had it touched briefly on. So right. no one was really arguing like that fact. We all know eating more fruits and vegetables clearly is better for our body. So I kind of only took that away from the documentary and, and decided, you know, um, I don't care if the government is driven by the meat and dairy industry as much as I was the fact that I knew that consuming animal-based products was probably not the healthiest choice for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we started with the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a, a very challenging and, you know, had a plan and, mm-hmm. and it's not really my style. I kind of dive head first and, um, mm-hmm. me too. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who has time for that? So we just kind of dove in and we decided, okay, you know, I was like, let's do vegetarianism, which for me, I thought that that simply meant just eating no animals except for consuming uh, the byproducts such as dairy. So I'm like, easy enough. I can handle that. So, you know, we immediately did that literally overnight. And um, it, it was very simple. Um, I talked to Addison, which, you know, we kind of, and you've talked about this before, how kids just have this 
this way of simplifying things that as adults, we overcomplicate. Like we, um, we just have too many opinions about it and egos and and things like that. So it was so refreshing to sit down a six-year-old and say, you know, um, you know, and I had, of course, I had done all this research. I had all this ammunition in my pocket of how I could, um, without, you know, painting her view on the world and disclosing everything of my opinion. I wanted to be able to be prepared for questions she may have. But, you know, I simply said that we're not, you know, we're, mommy's making a decision um, that, you know, I'm not going to consume animals. And, you know, this is what I want you to start doing as well. This is a lifestyle I want you to do with mommy. And she's like, what do you mean? You know, eat animals, like thinking we had yeah, we were eating animals. So I was like, well, honey, you know, when, when we eat a burger, that's actually from a cow. And then she was just mind blown. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, she's like, you're saying a burger is like, is the animal, the cow. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes. And she's like, that is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy. And it's, you know, it, so we kind of went down, you know, the, the dairy farm or the farm and kind of went through all the animals and she was just completely mind blown and she's like mommy I love animals I of course I don't want to eat them and I was like okay well good like we're gonna you know this is gonna be new and you know I explained to her like I don't want any pressure like Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna try new things and it's okay if you don't like them and you know we may go through a million different things before finding something that we like and what works for us so I just try to be like really positive with it and and, you know, removing any pressure, because I certainly didn't want her to have the burden and pressure of disappointment of, for me or, you know, from anything. I just said, we're going to try our best and we're going to, you know, we're going to do this together and, and we'll, things are going to maybe taste different and maybe they won't. So, um, so it was kind of fun, you know, having a, a very basic, you know, conversation where, you know, sometimes you even mention the word vegetarian or vegan and, and you've got to get like your shield out because, Oh yeah, it was like a defense course you have to take. So um, it it was refreshing, and it's just you know the the joy of kids that just you know remind us that it doesn't have to be that complicated. It can simply it can simply be we're making a decision that that's what works for us. And um, so yeah, so that's that's really where we started with um, you know what we thought was going to be like a vegetarian um, journey, and. You know, it didn't take long, just a couple of weeks, really, mm-hmm. um, before, yeah, it was, it didn't take long at all. Two weeks in, too, like, I, we were feeling good and confident and kind of, you know, having a lot of fun just really talking about and, and educating ourselves about, you know, fruits and vegetables. She's always been an amazing eater, and she's always had more veggies on her plate, for sure, mm-hmm. than I ever did. But um, but it was it was just nice to, to realize that okay, well, the vegetables I grew up with growing up um, were, you know, and my mom's going to me for saying this, but, um, you know, like canned green beans and, you know, canned corn. So it was like my experience with vegetables um, was very limited and let's be real. Like if you've had a canned green bean, it's not something a child's going to ask for again, you know? Right. So uh, that kind of resonates I, with me because I, I mean, I grew up the exact same way, like canned vegetables, yeah. maybe like iceberg lettuce with lots of dressing. Yeah. On it. I mean, nothing really <laughs> substantial. And I don't know why that was. I mean, I guess because my mom worked and she was really busy, but I mean, that's so interesting um, that, yeah. you know, I grew up the exact same way. So, yeah. 
I'm so glad that I'm trying new things. Oh, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, and, you know, we're very similar in age. So I think that that was kind of like, I blame it on like microwaves and processed mm-hmm. foods. And like it was the years of, of, you know, the eighties of how quick and, you know, working moms now. Right. So you have working, both parents are working and it's, everything was quick. So, you know, it just, even though we were in a very small town and, you know, tons of land and, and fruits and vegetables, you know, were bountiful. They, you know, it was just quick, you know, we were all active. I have two sisters. So I I think it truly was, we were sold, our our families were sold this idea that they were just a quick way to get a healthy food, not really kind of exposing, you know, now with, you know, preservatives and um, artificial flavorings and coloring. So we, they didn't really educate us on that. They just kind of sold our families that they, that was a way to get your family a quick, cook form of fruit and vegetable. So, you know, it's, I, I always tell them, I don't blame you, you know, but I definitely <laughs> think it really like limited my palate to, to trying these vegetables. That's and so there are still of fruits and vegetables, right. That we probably don't even see or know of and tried. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> It's so true. But I think too, like the nineties too, or when Monsanto got really big and like GMO started happening because like the food from what I've done in my research has changed so much, like even wheat, what, what is the germ of wheat is, has changed so much just since the nineties. So probably the food we were eating was better than we realized, you know, compared to now vegetables now, but yeah, it's just, it's really yeah. interesting to me, the, the evolution of food in the past 20 years. It's really mind-blowing. And I think I'm, I'm just so happy that, you know, women like you are out there and you're vocal and you're saying, you know, what we put in our bodies absolutely matters. Like it matters. And especially yeah. to a child who's still growing and their cells are developing and splitting and doing all these things. It's like, you need to be awake. You need to know exactly what you're consuming, where it came from. I mean, and doing the best you can. Like, I hate to, to be, I don't want to sound judgmental because that's not my intention at all. But I just, I just want people to just to be aware, you know, and, and just if you're going to make the decision to eat a certain way, then okay, that's your choice. And yeah. you've done the research and you've made that decision. But I mean, when it's just you, I think it's different. When you're responsible for another person, a little person, it's kind of like, yeah. you, know, you need to just to, to raise your game a little bit, you know, especially when it comes to food. Okay. Yeah. And I think that we no longer, you know, we've realized and we're, you know, as adults, we are finally understanding that we really can't rely on, um, you know, being explained or everything kind of being completely readily available for our foods and what's in them. So it's Mm -hmm. important that we can't just sit back and think that if it's on the shelf, it's got to be good, right? You know, or if it says it's healthy, it has to be, right? And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's just really becoming consumer conscious. And um, it takes a little extra work, but kind of like you said, when it's just yourself and it's, you know, you can kind of be lazy with that. But when, once you have, you know, uh, kids, it's taking that extra couple of minutes to really educate yourself as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, it's worth it. And I think now of how different her lifestyle will continue to be growing up than mine and not because my parents love me any differently than I love my daughter, but, you know, now that we have the, um, the availability of 
you know, the internet and resources to where we can, as consumers, dig a little deeper than maybe it was available to us before. And, and I think of how much easier it is that she won't be living or growing up uh, on processed foods. And, and again, kind of to go back to what you said, like, we are not perfect. We, we are not a processed food free home. It's just, it yeah. is, it is a goal. Uh, it's a, you know, something we strive towards, but we certainly do not make perfect decisions every day. There's, you know, we still have breads, processed foods, and refined sugars, and things that we hope to continue to eliminate, eliminate as much as possible. But we're certainly not perfect, and we try to make better decisions than we did the day before. And I think that's, you know, as a mom, as an adult, like I think that's really all, all we all we can do. But I think how much easier it is to not grow up being addicted to those processed foods and fake sugars and all those things that we didn't realize were truly an addiction. And, and so the transition is likely much harder, has been much harder for myself um, than her. She hasn't been exposed to that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting too, like you talk about, you know, consumer awareness and doing that due diligence and it really doesn't take that long to, to go and research. If you're in a grocery store, you can look on your phone and say, well, what is this ingredient? And what does this mean? You know, and, and have it in two seconds. And what's so interesting is so many of the bad ingredients that are in our food are not in the food in Europe in the exact same product. And it's because the people of Europe have stood up and said, we're not going to allow this. Like, this is not okay. And they, you know, protested and walked in the streets and, you know, just made it known to their their representatives that that's not going to fly. And so you go to Europe and you get, you know, you look at their processed foods and it's GMO free and it's, you know, it doesn't have this, yeah. this coloring, like even coloring, which, which I never realized was so detrimental to, you know, the human nervous system. So, you yeah. know, if we're, since we're talking about this, I think it's really important to anyone listening just to be aware and to, and to be okay with, you know, letting your representative know that, you know, you're not okay with artificial stuff in your, in your ingredients. And you can actually go online and see like, what, how the products are different here versus how they're different in Europe and go like, why is this okay? Why is this happening? Like, obviously they're able to produce these things, you know, at a mass scale for Europeans. Why can't they do it here? Why are we accepting this poison in our food system? Like it's not okay. And I think they would change. I really do. If there was enough people to stand up and say, you know, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because as consumers, we're driving those. So, um, yeah, as long as we can support it, um, and it's, it's not because we think we're buying poison for ourselves or our kids or things that are unhealthy, but, you know, unfortunately, we just have to, again, stay smart and um, active and, and demanding better for our kids and for their futures and then our kids' kids' futures. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, about any of the stuff that even touches with veganism and, and, and certainly artificial um, colorings and flavorings and, and preservatives, it's just it's, it's overwhelming. And you're 100% right. You can buy a bag of, you know, potato chips in the U.S. versus go to Europe and the, the the ingredients are one to two items versus you know you get a bag of chips here six or seven packaging, same everything it's insane yeah it's it's really crazy um, and, and it really touches base too on um, you know on 
on being vegetarian and being vegan and staying really active and aware. And it really all is driven, you know, everyone has their own um, whys on, on, on why they're making that transition to a plant-based diet. But um, for me, it was, it, it was a little bit of everything, you know, to mm-hmm. hear the detrimental things that have to happen um, to get the animals on our plate, it, everything to our planet, it was mind-blowing and, and terrifying at the same time because, uh, you know, I'm not going to, the planet will be fine during my lifetime. But, you know, we like that, you know, we have to think about what in 100 years and, and even just 75 years, what, what we're leaving behind. And I just think that that was really, really, um, you know, mind-blowing for me. And then, of course, the health of our own bodies. And, um, you know, I've never, I've always been active and very, um, you oh, know, an, an athlete. athlete. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've always thought that, you know, I fueled my body in a way that it worked for feeling, you know, like fit. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, I mean, we all heard it and you know, like you can't like outwork out your diet, right? So mm-hmm. I never had the, the best diet. I did have a lot of processed foods, you know, very minimal um, vegetables. I ate a lot of fruits and stuff. I didn't, I just didn't consume a ton of it, bad foods to where it was really like assessing, um, you know, my, my workouts and things like that. But I mean, I certainly was living and my daughter was too with a basic American processed diet. And, you know, we didn't, we stayed away from fast foods and things like that, but that, you know, that didn't change the game. We still, we still could make better decisions. And, um, after doing vegetarian for a couple of weeks, um, I was actually out on a run with, um, someone who's become a great friend and he's, his name's Dominic and he, um, is the founder of Crazies and Weirdos. And he, um, was the consumer conscious, uh, clothing time and he's an animal activist and um, an athlete and um, if you've ever you know seen him or looked him up or, or heard of him like he is like huge so the fact that he's a, a, a plant-based athlete was mind-blowing to me like in, yeah. incredibly fit you know six three and and he's you know 200 pounds of straight muscle so I was like are you sure you know <laughs> um but he, so after we had gone out on a run and he completely kicked my butt um you know, he was super excited that I was doing vegetarian, but then he was just, you know, very blunt as he is and was just like, but you know, why haven't you and Addison, um, removed dairy? He's like, that's, you know, that's a game changer. Um, not only for as as he's an animal rights activist, but, um, you know, for our bodies and for, for our planet. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't know, like, I like cheese, you know, I didn't even want to say out loud, like my selfish excuses, but I was just like, can I do that too? Like really get rid of dairy. You know, I didn't drink milk or anything before, but I love cheese on everything. That was probably the only way you could get me to eat bowls was like smothered in cheese. So, um, I, I was, you know, I, I don't know. I felt very challenged by it in a good way. Um, so, but he could tell I still wasn't, you know, sold on, on the idea of just eliminating dairy for us, but he challenged me to watch, um, an older documentary called Earthlings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if you've seen it. Have you seen I, that one? I, I know about it. I haven't watched it because I'm, I'm scared to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, um, he didn't tell me anything about it. He just said, it's an older documentary. It's on YouTube. Just look it up. He's like, do me a favor, watch that. And then I, I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me how you feel after, like, just, mm. you know, let me know your feelings. And I'm like, okay. 
you know, so I, that night I, I put it on and added some of the sleep and I was like, okay, let me just check this out. And I'm thinking it's going to be like along the lines of what the health or, mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. And I turn it on and it, you know, it basically chronicalizes, um, animal farming and it, it really breaks down, um, the, the whole perspective from animal rights and veganism. And it was, you know, it was really, really overwhelming. I remember just being in the first probably 10 minutes when it, um, it, it just, it covered the pet stores and puppy mills. And, um, again, this is all animal driven and it's all hidden, um, footage. It's all real footage. It's not reenactment, not a movie. It's not interviews. It's, it is hidden cameras. And, um, and so there, there was something, you know, really real about it. And it took away the ability to debate it or argue it or say it doesn't happen because here it is and it happened. So, you know, it, it was hard. It was 10 minutes in and I was texting him and I was already crying and I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't watch this. And he just, you know, he challenged me and he's just like, listen, you, you know, not to be harsh, but like you, consume animals for 30 years of your life, you know, um, 30 plus won't get there, but, um, (laughs) and so the least that we can do, um, as people that were eating animals is to to see what that meant, what happened for us Mm -hmm. to be able to have that luxury and what continues to happen to share that luxury. Um, and so, you know, you're right. Like an hour of pain for me is nothing of what is experienced by thousands and thousands of animals on a regular basis. So I, you know, I watched it. It was like an hour long and I had, I, I saw things and seen things in that video that I will never be able to unsee. But for me, it's, 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 it stands with my motivation and my encouragement and my, my why. And, um, you know, it just really touched based on everything from consumption to entertainment and, you know, to commodities of things that we wear and, 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 and animal testing. And it was really, it was really horrifying to think that in the U S in the U S this day and age, we turn, um, a cheek to that. And it was, mm-hmm. and it was sad because, you know, we have come so far in animal rights with, you know, in my mind, we had come so far in that the sense that like, okay, here we are, you know, 2000 you can go to jail for hurting your dog, right? Like you can be fine. You can go to jail. You're, you know, they've linked um, psychiatric illnesses with people that abuse animals. Right. But then here we are supporting and fueling an industry that not just slaughters animals. Okay. This is, you know, that we know that happens to consume meat, but they, unfortunately there's so much inhumanity that unnecessarily pairs with the killing of the animals. So it's just, it was so disheartening and it was scary to think that we, you know, as a government and um, know that that's happening, but we shield it from people like us because I think that it's not fair to hide that. And then if I could watch that documentary and walk away and be educated on what happens to, con- to get my meat and still want to eat meat, then that's okay. I've right. been educated. I know what happens and I'm making a decision um, based on what I want or what I feel is best, but to I not to hide that, that information, yeah. we aren't really making decisions at that point. We're just doing what we thought always was. And, 
you know, we have pretty pictures of cows on cartons of milk, like they're just grazing in fields. And we, wow. you know, as exposures are released, we know what happens to get those pet milk. We, you know, we strip our, our cows, you know, of their children and they're young, so we can have the milk that belongs to them. So it's just, you know, you could talk about that for days, but it was really um, eye-opening and it really was 100% my motivation for transitioning to veganism. Again, it happened overnight. I couldn't sleep um, after seeing that and I cleaned my house out of anything possible dairy, which he'd be alarmed. I mean, there was like spaghetti sauce that had milk in it. It's like, what? I don't even understand. Everything. It's Yeah, it's really crazy. So, um, you know, and just literally threw all that away and started, you know, the next day. And, and, um, you know, we haven't looked back since. We just really have focused on um, every day, you know, trying something new. Um, But, I don't have to like this. I'm sure everybody sees it more in their grocery stores, but there are so many amazing, accessible, affordable options that nothing I feel has suffered along the way of making this change. My aesthetically looking at food, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the taste, the flavor, the, um, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, so I don't really need a ton of like variety, but, mm-hmm. um, I, there is so many things that we have not even, you know, got our hands in and got to try. And, and I feel like we're always trying new stuff. So it's just, it's so encouraging to see where you don't have to go and spend your, you know, uh, life savings at a health food store to get, um, to get healthy foods and plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. You can go to your local or local grocery store and really find so many amazing affordable substitutions that, if you're a meat eater and you need that, that, that taste of the meat and maybe the look and feel, you have that option. Or for those people that don't necessarily um, even need that type of substitution but still want a heavy protein replacement, um, there are so many amazing options. It's just it's truly mind-blowing. There's not often that I have a feeling of um, you know even craving something before. I would say probably um, cheese is the one thing that was the, has been the hardest to find a good replacement, but I have since found some a great some great replacement options for you know just sliced cheese down to um, even you know like a cheese sauce. Um, so it's been it's been really fun trying new things, and it's been amazing. And I was hoping this would happen, but it's been amazing seeing how my own palate has changed the longer and longer I go without those animal proteins. So um, I crave things that I never would have had before. Um, you know, I don't, I still don't have a ton of variety of vegetables on my plate, but I do consume them by juicing. And I know Liz, I know you and, um, Sam, you guys both love, um, juicing and you talk a lot about that and you have great smoothies. I see. Um, so that for me, um, is the, the easiest and best way. And my body has actually reacted, um, the most positively towards juicing. Um, well, that I was tried probably it. the next question. Yeah. yeah, like how how have you felt? Because so many people are like, well, you know, I don't care so much about the animals. I just want to lose weight or I want to feel better. So like okay. for those people, like how, how has your body changed since since the transition? Yeah, so uh, I, and I'm being completely transparent and totally honest. So the first um, 30 days that I made the transition, 
talking physically how I felt, I, I was a little bit concerned because mm. within a couple of weeks I'd noticed, I'm like, gosh, I am like so bloated and I feel like my stomach feels uncomfortable. And I was like, this is crazy. You know, like I'm eating healthier. I have more, <laughs> I've eaten more vegetables a week than I've eaten my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I didn't really do that much, uh, research on what you feel like in the transition immediately. Um, and so for those who are, because I could see how somebody could be very discouraged when they first start off. Cause you think, man, I'm going healthy, I'm going clean. Um, I'm going to drop weight. Like it's nothing. And I'm going to feel great. So through transparency, first 30 days, I felt bloated. I was like kind of uncomfortable. Um, and you know, then I did some research cause I was like, man, this is going to be a long journey. If this is how I feel, you know, this is going to be really hard. So, um, I, you know, did some research and then, you know, now it makes complete sense when you really think about it, but, um, you know, you can expect to, to feel kind of bloated and a little bit, discom- um, a little bit of stomach discomfort. Um, people notice, you know, irregular irregularities mm-hmm. and uh, that can go from like anywhere from 30 days to like six months, which is kind of terrifying, but, um, but really it's just because if we think about it, you know, we are our gut and, you know, we have learned so much and, and, and have all this education now and how important it is for our gut to be healthy. Oh. And, you know, you have this bacteria and it's, and it's great. It's, you know, it's there. It's to break down animal protein and all of the animal fats that, and bacteria that has come along with eating animal based products. So, um, as our bodies didn't have any of that coming in, the bacterial, um, your gut bacteria had to change completely. And it now had to digest and process um, more fiber and really nutrient-dense foods, which were easier for our stomachs to actually digest. But your your gut bacteria had to completely change. And it, it really was in that transition that I felt a lot of, like I physically looked bloated. You know, I was like, what the heck, you know? Um, and it, 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 for me, it was about 30 days and then it totally evened out and things started, you know, to feel more normal. Um, but one thing, but that's kind of like, it's, that's amazing. What, yeah, it totally changed. And, um, and that, that was how I felt kind of, you know, physically and just every day. Um, but, the, but the other things that were positive that, on how I was feeling really outweighed the kind of gut discomfort. But, um, you know, within, two weeks, I would say the most noticeable thing. It was, it was kind of, it was really crazy. Um, in just such a short period of time, but, um, I, as you know, was like, I love high intensity workouts. I love, you know, high impact. I love running. I love things that are, you know, I'm not really like a, uh, slow casual, um, you know, someone that works out like that doesn't really feel me. I love the high intensity. I love getting my heart rate up to its peak. I love maxing out. And so I noticed immediately after, especially after introducing juice, juicing into my life again for, you know, at least two pints a day is what I try to focus on. And not, not even as meal substitutions either. That's just adding it into my everyday. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed immediately that my body felt younger and that's like the best way to describe it. Like I didn't have these aches and ailments that I had been getting just from the high intensity working out and running. And I kind of just chalked it up to getting older. And, um, I immediately started to feel like my body was the joints and the muscles were having less trauma. And I had injured my hip on a Ragnar race, um, 
uh, it was about four months prior to going vegan. And I had not been able to run without pain in my hip since. Mm-hmm. And, and I really had to, I had to take seven weeks off from running altogether. But then I slowly incorporated running back into it and just kind of realized that I was always going to have a little bit of discomfort. And um, same thing with my knees. It was, I always had to wear knee braces after I hit the two to three mile mark. Um, but I noticed it was the first time since injuring my hip that I had not less in pain, but absolutely zero pain. Wow. Um, and it, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, there's no way this has been two weeks. Like my body's still detoxing. Like this is nuts. This is just a coincidence, you know, and kind of started with that coincidence of my hip and then my knees. I just tried not wearing my braces, my knee braces. And it was crazy. I felt nothing and have not had any pain or ailment in my joints since that day. And you know, it's why I've encouraged like my, you know, my parents, my mom has arthritis, like, you know, introducing plant options because it was, it was, you know, I mean, and arguably a miracle. Like I was like, this is just crazy how much those nutrients, especially juicing, because they're just absorbed into your body right away. Mm-hmm. And my workouts, like I, now I have to run faster and harder and I have to be at a higher incline and lift heavier in order to get my heart rate where it once took less to do. So, you know, nothing had changed as far as, you know, me changing my workout. It simply was changing the fuel that was driving me and, and, and these nutrient dense foods and juices. It, I felt like invincible. It was, it's, it's really crazy. That's um, so and I noticed now like that taking out, taking out that dairy too, cause that's so inflammatory towards uh, joints, towards our bones. So, I mean, I bet you that reduction too, that crowding out yeah. was so healing for you. It was amazing. And I really, and that, and that really encouraged and still does encourage me. Um, cause I like to challenge my body and push it. And I just, you know, it still amazes me. And I can tell if there's days where I haven't had juice and, you know, have just been eating, um, you know, regular vegan diet. I, I notice in my workouts, I, you know, I'm just don't feel as fueled. So, um, Addison loves the juices and it's kind of really been a fun way to get her involved again, just you know, and you know, cause we've juice, like throwing the, the fruits and vegetables, the whole fruits and vegetables in this big thing that grinds it up is like oh, mind blowing. So so, yeah. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it too. So imagine a child. Um, so she, she loves doing it and she loves the taste of it. And, um, yeah, it's been, that's been, um, fun too. And a, a good way to kind of incorporate her in the kitchen to make this transition, um, fun. And like I said, no pressure and that, Again, we try different um, combinations of fruits and vegetables. So that part's been awesome. But I, I definitely think that was um, something that people would be able to notice in their bodies immediately, um, which awesome. was, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And so aside from just the physicality, like, have you noticed that your mood has improved or that you're more like positive or optimistic? I know like when I'm eating really well, really clean, I'm happier. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I go through my day and I'm just like on cloud nine. And it's like, when I eat poorly, I'm, I'm moodier. I'm more sad. I'm, you know, kind of depressed. And it's like, what, what's going on here? Like I have to check in. I'm like, Oh, well, what did you have for lunch, Liz? And it's like, Oh, well that makes sense then. something I think like, you know, like you said, like our fueling our body is fueling our minds. And I even think the conversations that I've been able to have with Addison, even just on 
um, not even how we're feeling physically, but how we're thinking now and more empathetically or compassionately. And, and it really helps um, carry on and carry over conversations that we have in just our Christian faith. You know, there's a lot of stigma behind, you know, whether it's in the Bible that you have to eat animals and whatnot. But, you know, our Christian faith was, you know, parallel to the beliefs of veganism. And that's just simply not being the the thing that decides if if another being lives or dies. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just really thinking compassionately and just I've absolutely um, noticed a change in her. You know, when we first started, she started it was right around when we started first grade this year, you know, she was struggling with um, just her behavior for the first time. And um, Mm -hmm. immediately we, she was only like 30 days in on the diet and it started to level back out to to some normalcy and more control over her actions. And, and I really do, you know, when I see a kid sipping on Mountain Dew, it just like makes me cringe because I know that they're, they're, what that does to their body and it gives them, you know, uncontrollable behavior. And I think that it 100% hits fuels to the parents as well. And for me, I, same thing, I feel more compassionate, more empathetic and more caring and loving and, and really just being more consumer conscious too has really um, helped open my eyes as well, because I, I think that there's a direct correlation with things like speciesism, which, you know, um, ties to veganism, which ties to racism, to ties to sexism. I think I think they're oh, all man. they're all related, and so I think that um, when we start to be empathetic to species and to races and to sexes outside of our own, mm-hmm. it just makes us a better whole person. And if we could instill any of that into our kids, then we're we're on the right path for sure. Uh, you just gave me chills. Like that is one of the most pure statements I've ever heard because I I fully believe that. Like I believe when you start talking about equality for sexes, for races, for animals, you know, for everybody, like you do, you wake up and you're like, this is not right, you know? And I don't, again, I don't want to be judgmental. And I'm sure you get a lot of comments mm-hmm. too about, you know, well, you can't, you know, not let your daughter eat meat and da da. But it's it's more than that. <laughs> about opening your mind and being compassionate and being empathetic and how can how can you go wrong when you're teaching your child that you know I mean I think that's such a beautiful thing and I'm so glad that you know you're you're doing such a great job you know in the world with your daughter that's amazing she's going to be amazing yeah <laughs> well we can all hope that for our kids right we just want the best and I think um you know, that, again, like what you've said a few times, you know, I'm not judgmental to those, you know, who are not choosing this lifestyle at all. And I'm not somebody that pushes my beliefs or, or, um, you know, what I think should be what the whole world should be doing. Not at all, but I absolutely am excited by the topic and excited when somebody, you know, asks about it. And, you know, I, you and I have talked, um, offline before as well, where I didn't know how, I didn't have an outlet to kind of, um, really express how passionate that I was about, about the topic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you encouraged me to write about it and I'm super thankful because I'm certainly not a writer, but just being able to kind of get all my thoughts out on and able to express them, it, it helped me work through them because, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a whole new world opened up to me with, um, when I started to educate myself on veganism and it, it was, 
you know, terrifying. And as a single mom, I was thinking, okay, am I going to, you know, die trying here to afford a lifestyle like this or mm-hmm. even be make it, make it um, possible. So I, I've just been so encouraged by, you know, people like you and other people in just in the community that are, are not even all alike and have the same beliefs, but are encouraging on helping um, each other and support each other, even though we have, we may have different beliefs, but more importantly, Sometimes it's not about having a different belief. It's just not really knowing the, the other options are even attainable or, or what, how, what they even look like. Cause I didn't know before I did my own research. So, you know, I would have had no idea. Not that I didn't believe in it. I just didn't know. So, um, but you know, for it's sure with vegan. Go ahead. It's a process. Like just, you know, even just getting started, it, it is so overwhelming. Like, Oh my gosh, this is my whole lifestyle. I have to change. But no, I mean, you start yeah. off with watching a, a single documentary one night and then going to Kroger and seeing some, some other options and, and putting more fruits and vegetables in the basket. And it, it just starts small like that. I feel like. Definitely. And that's, you know, like I said, I'm um, somebody that dives right in and, and I don't ever start small, but I, mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to ask me, you know, how they can introduce more plant-based foods into their lifestyle or into their family's lifestyle. Cause that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I hear is people are intimidated because, you know, they're, they have a family or they're married and they have mm-hmm. kids that they think there's no way I'm going to get my family on board. And, you know, I think exactly what you said, it's, it's a process that there's small steps. It doesn't have to be all or nothing overnight. Um, and just because that was my story does not mean that that makes sense for everybody or really anybody. So, um, you know, I always encourage people like other, even some companies have adopted the, the, the idea of, you know, a meatless Monday or, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping choosing to keep animal, um, products or animal byproducts off of your plate for even just one meal, you know, try one substitute or just try one, um, one dinner plate that isn't a heavy meat protein, um, and do something other than, you know, maybe do more of a starchy protein or, or switch it up and take it away from traditional dinner. What does that look like? Why does it have to be, you know, um, a heavy animal protein and a, and a fruit and vegetable? And so we, we switch it up and sometimes we're doing smoothies and juices for dinner, mm-hmm. you know, and think that, you know, just being untraditional and being open-minded, but certainly, um, removing pressures and, and I have to even now keep reminding you know, Addison like you know we'll say we'll try a chickenless nugget which by the way they taste just like chicken they're amazing um, but mm-hmm. even if you know there's a new item I'll I'll she'll say oh I don't that tastes different and I'm just like oh awesome like make different be a positive thing that's great we want it to taste different that's amazing mm-hmm. and then you take the thing away from different means it's bad it's you get in that comparison trap where it, you're not you don't want it to taste like an animal in every instance. So, um, you know, just reminding her that different is good and that's okay. We want different. We want to be able to experience different flavors. So that has definitely helped, but there's certainly been nights where we get up and throw our whole entire dinner plate away because we didn't like a thing. So, yeah, I mean, I told her, you know, it's going to happen. We have to, if we don't ever try this, we're never going to know. So I kind of make it, you know, just fun. Like, Ooh, we're trying something new tonight. We're kind of both like you first, no, you first. And, you know, we just make it fun and we realize that we're not going to like everything and that's okay. And we just, there's so many options and uh, affordable. Like I'm not spending any more than I was prior at all. 
And I would, I would start to get across because so many people are like, Oh, you know, it's white privilege. You know, if you're going to be a vegan, all these rich people who are able to do it. And then I don't think that that's true. So I'm so glad you're saying that. So could you expand on that a little bit? Like, What are your favorite brands? What do you you get? Absolutely. So, um, we obviously do a lot of fruits and vegetables. And for me, I'm, I'm juicing them, but we do a ton of those and, and we can get, you know, organic kale for 99 cents a bundle at Kroger, you know, at least once a week. Um, so we, you know, taking advantage of when your fruits and vegetables are in season, of course. Um, and when you're, you know, we bounce between just a couple stores, including Whole Foods, um, Mm -hmm. and finding, you know, what best sales for some of those fruits and vegetables, if a fruit um, is not in season, we tend to go frozen um, and, and do it that way, not to, you know, have for our dinner, but certainly for juices and for um, smoothies. Mm-hmm. And um, for so for some of our favorite substitutions, which I'm so happy um, that I see it now in every single, so Publix, Kroger, Whole Foods, um, the, the brand is called Beyond Meat. Um, they're kind of new out. I mean, they're, you're hearing a lot of hype about it. Leonardo DiCaprio just invested in them. And, um, actually, ironically, Tyson Foods has invested in them. Wow. And, um, yeah, so they, you know, they're understanding that there's a need for a substitution and these, and what they've done, which I love, um, is that they have, you know, really made their products that are attracted, um, attracted or to attract people that are not just vegan or vegetarian, but meat eaters alike, people mm-hmm. that want to watch their cholesterol, people that want to do better for the planet or simply for their own personal health. Um, and so they actually sell um, hand, uh, uh, pre-made patties that are not frozen. They're typically um, in, um, they're unfrozen in the meat section. They're actually having, they put it with the rest of the burgers because they didn't want it to be, they wanted to catch the eye of meat eaters as well. Um, it's That's usually smart. anywhere from four four dollars ninety nine cents to five ninety nine, so it's the same as as, as hamburger meat, mm-hmm. and um, they look just like a a, a burger patty. Um, I throw them on my you know George Foreman. While it's not hot enough to grill it yet, now um, I barely season it. It is absolutely amazing, and they taste and smell and they cook. They sizzle just like a burger. They have the same color as a burger. They brown like a burger. And they taste amazing. And every single meat eater that I've cooked this for has absolutely loved them. Um, so, you know, again, my parents, I've cooked them from my sisters and uh, my friends, people that still don't eat, you know, vegetarian on a regular basis, but I absolutely love it and, and have bought it um, regularly just because it's, it's zero cholesterol. There's no soy, you know. Um, it's the same fat, about the same fat content, um, as, as burger, but it's all plant-based. It's pea protein, potato protein. Um, so it's, it's just amazing. It's such a healthy option, but you feel like you're indulging on an amazing juicy Mm -hmm. burger. And I slapped some, um, follow your heart sliced cheese that can be found anywhere as well. And, you know, for, um, a packet of that sliced cheese, it's American, um, and it's all plant-based cheese and it's, you know, I think it's four forty nine at public. So it's not any more or less than, you know, dairy cheese. So, um, all of these things have been, all the substitutions have been so comparable to what I would be paying if I were buying the actual protein. Um, and then we've, I've just kind of been, like I said, just staying open-minded and getting creative. And, you know, I, I made, you know, like sloppy joes with those burger patties, like I would if I bought hamburgers. So, 
you know, just trying to, we're having those same meals that we did before, but I'm just using a different protein substitution um, that has more protein than some animal protein. Um, So I'm still getting those nutrients and um, the taste, we're not missing out on any taste. We still feel like we're indulging. And um, they're completely, like I said, affordable. They're very similar, if not a little less than most animal protein. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like as more time goes on, you know, more companies will want to get in on the, on the profits that these companies are making. And I mean, there is going to be, there already is such a demand. I feel like 2017 was a big turning point for veganism. And I think 2018 is going to be even bigger just because of the environmental need and the health need and more people are looking up to the realities of factory farming and how brutal it really is to these, these animals. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. And I Accessibility that that is happening. I mean, our Kroger, um, you know, in Brookhaven, they're just remodeled, and I love that they've just kind of even revamped like vegetarian, vegan section, and mm-hmm. everything is just so much more accessible. That the consumers are demanding these plant-based products, and I love it. The demand is there. The price is not going up because of it. It's just forcing, um, you know, the meat and dairy industry to, you know, hopefully rethink their their um, time and money and, and start investing in things that are, are better for, for everything, like you said, the environment, our health, and certainly animal welfare. I love that. And so I do have one final question, and it's a question that I ask all of the guests on the show as a kind of way to round out the interview and just give everyone a good takeaway. Um, and it can be about what we've talked about, or it can just be about anything you want. So the question is, what is one thing that you've learned that you wish someone would have told you earlier on in life? Hmm, okay. Well, there's probably a few things, but, um, being, sticking to, um, you know, uh, women and, and motherhood, I think, um, that I, you know, struggled with for a lot of years with the idea, especially after becoming a mother, um, that whether or not my health and wellness is still a priority. And, um, you know, we kind of, put ourselves in the back burners and our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, um, it becomes, a, you know, a, a conversation on had. And um, I, I think that it's so important and I wish I would have, you know, realized it sooner that making, it was not until I made myself a priority, my health, my wellness, and my well-being, um, that, that the, the rest just fell in place. And once I came the example that I was trying to instill in my daughter, um, you know, it just became easier. There, there was no, um, worry about, am I taking time away from her? Am I, am I not, especially being a single mom, any time away, I felt that I was robbing her of time that she deserved with her, her mom. And then I started realizing that if I'm not healthy, if I'm not well, then my family's not. And, and I love that you talk so much about this. Even when you say taking just five minutes of time for yourself, I mean, you're what drives your family. And, yeah. and that's just reality. As, as women, you know, whether you have a family, whether you're a single mom, whether you're by yourself, you're, you, you drive everything, whether it's business or home. So I think that I wish I knew that putting yourself as a priority is the absolute opposite of being selfish and it's a necessity and your life and your family's life will change when you do that for sure. 
Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. That is, that is exactly what I believe. That is exactly, you know, so many women need to hear that and know that you have permission to take time for yourself because everybody in the house is going to benefit from it, you know, especially you. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, so, and I love, um, no, and, I, and I love too that you constantly push that message, but not only that, I think it's so important that as women, we stand together and continue to make that message. Okay. And I love that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, whether you're the same or the opposite of somebody, you're always pushing that message and supporting other women that are as well. So I think that, you know, super important for us to continue to do that and support one another in that in that journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think when more women stand together and and say, you know, this is what we're going to do and this is what we need, then it is acceptable. Then society kind of raises up too, and it's like, well, of course, you know. But it's like we have to make absolutely. a decision for ourselves first and make it okay for ourselves first and not have that guilt that of course comes with it. Um, but I think the more we do it, you know, the easier it gets, and and those new pathways are or, you know, organized in the brain and you're like, no, this is, this is my time. And, you know, this is, this is okay. So yep. how, can, um, how can people get a hold of you if they have any questions about veganism or, you know, high intensity workouts or anything, any recipes, <laughs> how can they find you? Um, so I have um, a website right now. It's unyieldingveganjourney.com. Uh, or you can follow my handle on Instagram, which is just my name, Stephanie Zirkel. So, um, definitely some tips and tricks and recipes and um, lots of encouragement for sure. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've dropped so much knowledge on this topic. And I just know that so many women who are you know, afraid or unsure of what this even is are going to walk away with a much better understanding now because of you. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course.